Amazon engine is not running if you don't fuel it. They will not consider you if you don't put in a little bit of PPC and understand what you're doing. If you're really like low on budget, it's it may even harm you and Amazon will not even move a finger for that. So you need really try to optimize it. You will lose in the beginning. Your ACoS will be crazy up to the through roof, but you will put it down at some point because it's getting better afterwards. But first you need to lose in order to win. Hello and welcome to the Ecom Ops Podcast. We believe that there is more than enough content focused on e-commerce marketing and not enough content celebrating the real heroes of e-commerce, those running the operation. Each week, we find and interview an e-commerce operations expert to share the secrets behind how some of this industry's most exciting businesses are run. I'm your host, Norbert Strappler, the CEO of SyncSpider. Hello and welcome to another Ecom Ops podcast. Today I'm talking to Omar from Margin Business and today we're going to cover a lot of topics about Amazon and selling online on this great marketplace. Hello Omar, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here uh, on this great podcast of yours. Yeah, great to have you. Thanks so much. Omar, let us dive directly into the topic. I mean, uh, you are selling on Amazon. Tell us a bit more about you, yourself, your company, what actually you're doing and how you ended up in e-commerce. <laughs> okay, first of all, my name is Omar Gri. I'm the CEO of marchingbusiness.com. Let's not do the whole story. We do it very quickly, okay? <laughs> so yeah, the agency exists since 10 years. We founded it with Emily and myself uh, back in 2013, and uh, we kind of slipped into the agency. I mean, we were always like w working online, but we slipped into the agency and worked directly with some big sellers. At that time, we, we weren't selling, and it went silent like in 2006 for me for selling, which was very early. And afterwards, yeah, we went into the agency business, and uh, after 10 years, we are still here background is graphic design. So as I already mentioned, then I jumped over, you know, the, the whole story in between is going to be a bit long, but this is, uh, this is the initial background. Now we grew the agency to, to about 20 people and we are still here after that, that time. And after some big changes, some crazy times <laughs> were going on, but yeah, let's speak about this uh, at a later stage. Yeah. Cool. You also are a kickboxer. Yes. Yeah, awesome. So you went from graphic design to kickboxing and then to the e-commerce world, right? Yes, exactly. For me, discipline is very, very important, you know? Yeah. Um, and I got this through martial arts. So concentrating, focusing is not the easiest for me, but because I learned it in martial arts, now it's a bit better. Let's say it this way. Yeah. You know? So the focus, the training, the when you need to compete and everything, obviously now I don't compete anymore, but I still train. You know? Yeah. And the discipline is something that you use to make your client successful. Exactly. That's awesome. Discipline discipline, and focus. The whole day uh, is structured for me. If not, I cannot really function. You know, without sports, I cannot function as well. So That's cool. And how can you help your customers? What is, was it, what is it what you can do to make them successful? That is the whole background. It's not something we say, okay, let's do it because it makes money or let's do it because of this or of that. But we have checked the market. We knew kind of that this is what is needed. For example, if a US customer wants to come to the European Union or wants mm -hmm. to go to Japan or wants to go to, to the UAE, uh, UAE is English, but the account language is English. But if you go, for example, to Saudi Arabia or to Egypt, then you have the, the Arabic in there. But anyway, we have seen that using Google Translate will actually scare the people away. And with the time, the translation was as well not enough. You needed to add local keywords, which only obviously locals can find. 
And this is how we seen to help small businesses at that time and to help uh, at the moment mid-sized to large businesses in order that their operation runs smoothly. Because as you know, as you already, we spoke before we uh, had the call, you have the supply chain. So the, when there's thousands of products, they have to come, the whole listing should come before, then we can translate it, we can localize it. So I, I don't even call it translation anymore, so localize it and then put the keywords in, make it look appealing. And this whole process needs to go. And this is how we actually help our clients. And the rate, the percentage rate, what we have seen over the years is about 40%, 40 percent, wow. for zero. If you use this method that we use in order to, to increase your, your sales uh, on Amazon. Yeah, can only agree to that. Uh, I've seen that as well for many websites. As soon as you do just the translation or you even just ask someone, even if it's a professional, to do just the translation, it will not work out. It needs a contextual translation exactly. with localization, yeah, actually, to really make it look and feel like it was built for natives and um, definitely and this is a big thing what are the common uh, mistakes that you see that sellers make when they try to put their products on amazon first of all when people go when sellers go and for example go and change marketplaces into a market they don't know and i don't talk about like going from us into canada i talk about like us uk us into germany us into france or something the common mistakes is that they think it's easy and they just bring their products and put them all over the place. And then they say, oh, why I don't sell? And as well, most of the times when sellers were selling goods in overseas, they think it will happen as well uh, in the other markets. And now that uh, the costs when you do this transition is higher than before, there might be some kind of frustration as well and that they don't sell actually as they wish. So by the time they have all their products up and they didn't do the step with the listing localization, they don't sell. They're out of budget, out of PPC, because others obviously have everything set up, everything perfect, so they cannot anymore. So this is one of the main mistakes that I see, and yep. be because they realize after putting Google Translate in there without any keywords or trying to put them like uh, themselves, it's not really working. And as well, the PPC is as well challenging at that point because you need to understand what keywords you target. Will ChatGPT make a change here? I wanted really to do a podcast about this. And yeah. I spoke with many people about this and, I, and definitely no, not yeah. for now, not for now, because we are now in ChatGPT is a little baby. It On is. top of that, they had only data like, from 2022 and it cannot really localize because it's a machine. So it's kind of a machine translation. So what will happen, what I will see, what I see is that maybe they will like try to write the listing with ChatGPT in any language, but then who's going to... So you still need to proofread it. You still need to localize it and you still yeah. need to put the keywords in because the keywords ChatGTB cannot find because if they do it, then it's outdated and who knows which keyword is using. So for me, definitely it's a big, big help in order for us to be more productive, but it will not replace any of us. Yeah, I tried it by the way. So I tasked ChatGPT to create five bullet points for a specific yes, product. Yeah, yes, and definitely. that's good. It's a real good help. Yeah, it's a nice helper. And we even have implemented uh, it already in our SyncSpider product so that you can uh, task during the synchronization uh, ChatGPT with uh, create those five bullet points for me. But actually, it's a good starting point. And uh, you just need to go over it, proofread it, make your adjustments. And it's a good starting point if you have actually no idea what to write. 
but it's not more. It will not replace the real professionals that focus on keywords and know how to optimize um, product descriptions. Now, when we are already about that topic, I mean, search engine optimization actually mm -hmm. even or especially on Google is a hard topic already. How yes. hard is it for Amazon? What do you need to consider to make a great search engine optimized or Amazon optimized listing? We have a three-layer process. So we really search like sometimes even old school. We, look, we go on other listings, we have a look, you know, only to get an idea what is going on. And the first step would be really to check everyone. You can, we use Helium 10 for that. So we have, we have quite a good overview of what is going on. But if you're not a native speaker and if you don't know how really Helium 10 works, yeah, I'm sure you have seen it yourself. There is quite a few fields in there, what you have to fill out or what you can fill out or what you can change or what you, the percentage you can put in, the numbers of items you have in there in order to filter out the good keywords. After you filter them out, you do a second filter. And after you have the second filtered keyword, like I said, you need to be native speaker in order to think, oh, are they good? Because I give you an example. There is a lot of foreign big companies which go into European market, put mm -hmm. like, I don't know, $10 on on a keyword which they have invented, which makes absolutely no sense, but it comes out in the search bar, you know? So everyone thinks, oh, good keyword, good keyword, you know? And then if you're a native speaker, you're just like, what's that? And the native speaker would say like, if you find this keyword in the listing because it was already wrongly inserted by these or wrongly promoted by these type of companies, the listing is already like, oh, this is not, no, 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 this is not from Germany or this is not from France. I don't want to buy that. Or, oh, it's from China on top of it. We know every product, almost every product is from China. And this like turns the customer completely off. But when the listing directly is good, when it speaks with them, their language, not only their language and language as well, their marketing language, and the customer reads the first title because we need to be, you know, direct. Now, I don't think that not a lot of go over the title or over the first bullet point. And if you catch them in this one, that's it. You can sell to them. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have the native speakers in the markets that you're working? Yeah. Yes. This is, for example, something I forgot to mention earlier. We all of our background or the company's background is based on languages and our expertise because uh, myself, I was traveling. That's why I didn't tell the, <laughs> the whole story before. I was traveling for the last 25 years. I was born and raised in Germany, lived there until I was 20, 21 years old. I traveled the world, France, Southern Spain, worked corporate, same for Emily as well. And uh, out of this, we built our expertise. We still, we went afterwards, we went over to Malaysia, we went to the UAE, where we have as well established all the companies that we had. And there you can find our background, our passion for languages, for different cultures, for the understanding of different cultures. And mm -hmm. we have, Emily is French, myself, a native German, so there is others as well in our team, which are all responsible for each and every marketplace in the European Union. So there's Spain, France, I mean, everywhere, which is Sweden, Poland, we have them all and they are native. So we don't hire on demand. We don't go like, okay, now we have a big project. We need to go on Upwork. We don't mm -hmm. do that. So we really, we have a training process in place. So the ones that are with us are long time with us. So we have long-term clients and long-term employees as well which is actually really saving us. They are the best for us. You know, it's really amazing. So yeah, this is just a little about your question about native speakers or not. I needed to do this a little bit bigger. Yeah, but this is important. This is one of the major things. If you have on Canopsos on Upwork or on Fiverr, but the quality is the actual 
things. So if someone is having a trained team that is really on the topic and knows exactly what to do, that makes a huge difference. It's not about the money. Even if you invest a small number or a small amount of money in the translation, it can you cost much more than if you just pay a, a bit uh, higher fees at a professional service because you will lose the money afterwards when the products are not converting. And I think that's important, very important to understand for everyone that you need to know what to do, especially on Amazon or search engine optimization in general. If you don't know what you're doing and you don't know the background of everything, you will fail uh, massively and you will lose the money because you don't have the revenue and you will maybe time. even, yeah, and time. Time. And, and you, you will even maybe stop selling on Amazon, although yes. it could be so successful for you. And that's the main thing to be very professional at the beginning. Do you also optimize local stores? So not just going in a foreign country or in a foreign marketplace, but also work with customers on their based listings? Yes. Do you mean like Shopify or mm. other marketplaces? Yes, we do that. Yeah. We do as yeah. well general translate, tr trans localization. Okay, I'm uh, trying to stop saying translation because it's not translation. So localization, yeah, but yes. But it's optimization, we, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. What do you think? Do webshops still play a role in the future or will we only be dedicated to marketplaces? Oh, yes, definitely. Webshops is actually, if you master webshops, um, you should always have like one yeah. foot on Amazon, but you should definitely have your own web shop like Shopify or your own website, but you need to know how to promote it. You should not only rely on the big websites like Amazon or BOL in the Netherlands or any others. You, you should really make sure that you have a web shop and web shops will get bigger like private web shops because mm. our, the next generation is super smart in this. They know the ways in and out, do it perfectly, you know? So I believe like web shops will be definitely a thing, but the big marketplaces will not go away and always, always have one foot on these marketplaces, although they're expensive. But if you put it against a, a brick and mortar store, they are not expensive. And you mentioned before that uh, you see increases uh, of 40% when they do it right. Do you have any success story in mind that you can tell me a bit? We yes, do not need to talk about names, but it would be great to have a story. Yeah, definitely. When we uh, began like 10 years ago, there was one of the uh, large clients we have had, they changed the whole management. They sold it actually to an aggregator and they, uh, they were very small when we be were beginning with them. So we were doing the French at this time. I was doing it myself, like the localization and Emily was the, uh, doing the, the French part. And, um, with the time we have seen by, the, especially for this client that the conversion was going up and we were asking ourselves, okay, is it through PPC? Is it through us? And the more items were there and the, the more we understood what we're doing with the keywords and everything, we have seen this, uh, this business skyrocket. And this is obviously more than 40%, but our work is 40%. And they came up to a company. They are now a company which turned around 50 million per year. Wow. Well, what advice would you give uh, to entrepreneurs who are looking to start their own e-commerce business or grow their existing brand on Amazon? Really, like if they want to come over, uh, bring their business over or like... If somebody is in the local in a local marketplace and wants just to grow, yeah, does it still make sense to go on Amazon by just having an, everybody's product products that are there from many sellers? So just being a reseller or dropshipper, it does make sense, definitely. Yeah, but really, the best thing that I would advise is create your own brand. Don't go in there and order a generic product from, from Alibaba and try to flip it on Amazon. It, it will cause you headache. Maybe you have a lot of money aside and you want to spend a lot of money, but won't recommend it. So 
create your brand from the start. Do something out of passion. You know, everyone has a passion and build your brand around it, even though it will take time. I don't tell you that it's going to take a year or two. It might take five years, but you have your own brand. And at some point it will get bigger. It will grow, but invest time and think about what is your passion and how can this product change the life of somebody else? And I have also an interesting question maybe about the PPC campaigns on Amazon. Why should I do PPC campaigns on Amazon? I am paying already a high commission to Amazon. Yeah, Why should I invest an additional bucket of money to pay even more to Amazon to get my products a bit more on top? The thing is, the Amazon engine is not running if you don't fuel it. So they won't, they will not consider you if you don't put in a little bit of PPC and understand what you're doing. If you're really like low on budget, it's, it may even harm you and Amazon will not even move a finger for that, you know. So you need really try to optimize it. You will lose in the beginning. Your ACOS will be crazy up to the through roof, but you will put it down at some point because it's getting better afterwards. But first you need to lose in order to win. I have seen people which do it without PPC but their shops will, would run for a long, long time before. I have rarely seen in nowadays that something really breaks through, something crazy happening without using PPC, actually. So yes, it is an engine and you need to fuel it. <laughs> and the fuel is, of course, as you said, a bit more expensive at the beginning, but it, yes. will, it will be finally all good if you do it right. If you so do it right, the question yes. is... Do you help those people making the PPC campaigns right or do you have partners that help you with the PPC? It will be both. Normally, we have a team which is dedicated to PPC. But as I said, we are very focused on localization and optimization. So if anything is going on, uh, like really big, we have partners who are taking over or helping us with this. So we have a big network of mm -hmm. agencies of reliable agencies, which are all very well known. And we work all together and we mostly in Europe. So it's, uh, there is like US coalitions, there is European coalition. We have everywhere a little bit of, uh, of teams out there, agency teams. Awesome. Thank you very much. Omar, the final question for today, it was really great so far. And who has told you the most about e-commerce in your career? That's a really good question. And obviously, there is always a lot of people which, is cross which are crossing your path. For business, it's definitely, when I was in the corporate world, there is a quite a few key figure players which, uh, from which I learned from. And in e-commerce, it was one person called Joe Reichsfeld, and he taught me a lot, um, mentoring me for a while. Uh, he has still his big informative website, if you want to have a look at it, Ecom Optimizer. He's a content monster, I call him. And, um, <laughs> and you know what? Same reason, I guess, for you. I mean, I've done like 100 episodes right now for, with the podcast. And I meet amazing people like yourself, can, where I can always learn a little bit from or, or see how they did it. You know, And this is actually something which definitely gave me a big boost in, in how I'm thinking and how I'm moving forward because all these great people, amazing people, which are, are only gives positive energy and value. This is my fuel as well. And thank you so much. Uh, and yeah, the, even the podcast for me as well is a, a lot of learning. I talk to so yes. many very interesting people like you, Omar. It's always a learning, always. Not, not one episode where I didn't learn anything. Yeah, And that's 
That's so important. Uh, Omar, give us the name of your podcast. And for everyone else, we will link it in the blog post to this podcast as well. Great. That would be amazing. Yeah, it's the Margin Business Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. So it's at marginbusiness.com. Perfect. And you should definitely give it a try and listen to Omar as well when he is the host. Thank you so much, Omar, for your time. It was really a pleasure talking to you, learning so much about localization on Amazon and going to foreign markets. And yeah, if you liked it, just give us a five-star review. Haha. <laughs> Come back to the next episode. Would be great. Thank <laughs> great. you so much. Thank you so much, Norbert. A pleasure. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of the Ecom Ops Podcast. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and interview more e-commerce operations experts, please search for Ecom Ops Podcast in your favorite podcast listening app and then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time. 